Hello and welcome to Balance City with your host, me, moi, Danielle. We're going to talk all about the juicy stuff, about relationships, about business, about mental health, all the things when it comes to the journey of life, right? And what you'll see along the way is no one's perfect. We all have our shit, (laughs) to be frankly honest. And I am so thankful that you're here to be on this journey with me. And I'm going to have some epic guests sharing their story. And I just cannot wait to get this started. So let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I am so, so excited that you guys are here. And today I'm sitting down with the beautiful Sarah McCord. And we met um, on Clubhouse. And I feel like every interview I do, it's like a Clubhouse uh, invite because (laughs) the app, if you're not on it, has been incredible. And the people that I have connected with really are truly inspiring humans. So Sarah, I'm kind of pass you the mic, as they say, and kind of just uh, do a little intro before we get into everything. Absolutely. Well, I'm super grateful to be speaking with you. And I certainly believe in the power of Clubhouse um, for connecting people. And I love taking these relationships and conversations offline to a podcast, to the DMs, to a friendship. So I'm super grateful to be here. Uh, My name is Sarah McCord. I'm a communications and marketing strategist. I got my start in editorial writing across the web about a decade ago, Um, opened my own communications firm in 2017. Um, And most recently, about a couple months ago, I signed on to help Glenn Lundy build out the Breakfast with Champions, Um, really everything. It started as a clubhouse community um, and morning show programming, and it's now been built into a podcast. Um, We will be launching online classes on Black Friday. We have in-person events. Um, So it's really, we're building out a media company, which I'm super, super, super excited about. Um, And then personally, I am a wife and mom of three. I I think what... I mean, you're just an incredible human to begin with. And you have just like, I can just tell by your voice on Clubhouse that you have just a sweet soul. And I think what connected me to you mostly was you had this conversation about loss and grief. And I was connected to it because um, I had a sister that passed away from cancer. And just everything you said was just so relatable and I think a lot of people that are listening could relate to that too. So kind of kind of talk about that because you've had a loss in, in your family. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, first of all, I'm so sorry for the loss of your sister. Um, one of my favorite grief thought leaders, Megan Devine of Breath Fusion Grief, you know, always talks about the fact that grief lasts as long as love lasts. Um, and the fact that we don't just lose our person, we lose our future with our person. And that's why it's, you know, so important to acknowledge that I think, I think unfortunately, actually in our society, sometimes we just think that the person is going to move on um, that, you know, oh, I went to the funeral, but they don't realize, that, you know, every birthday we miss that person and every holiday and every random Friday morning at noon, you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, so I just want to, um, just honor your sister's memory for a moment. And thank you for sharing her with me. So my journey, um, with grief. So all of us experience life, loss in life. Yeah. And I think that we're acculturated to that. Um, but we are taught loss. I think, um, unless you experience a tragedy early in life, a lot of us are taught loss in a way 
Um, so that as children, we still grow up kind of with an optimistic worldview and still feeling like we don't have to go to bed with anxiety every night. So I know for me, um, the first losses that I had in my life were my grandparents. And my mom read a book that said that the way that you explain loss to children is to tell them that most often people only pass away when they're very, very old or very, very sick. And that's how you tell your little children they don't have to worry that they're going to lose mommy and daddy or their sibling or, or anything like that. So we kind of grow up with this worldview where um, many of us, now again, some of us loss is a part of our life from the beginning, which I'm happy to talk about my daughters in a minute here. But I think that if you have that kind of stereotypical experience, um, that's what you're told. And so therefore, if you go through life and you have something that we refer to as an out of order loss, which means that you don't just go in the life cycle order of where this is how as a child, I expected, you know, these people would be here and these people would be here and this would be the circumstance. It can kind of shake you a little bit and you have to learn how to fit that into a new worldview. Mm -hmm. So for me specifically, the most um, tragic loss that I had was the loss of my oldest. Um, my beautiful son, Moses, um, we actually just passed his anniversary dates because he was born September 15th, 2014. And he passed away October 4th, 2014. Um, he passed away at 19 days old. It was, um, unexpected, um, which was another thing that was really, really, really hard. Um, and it shook my worldview because I was a mom and then I was still a mom, but I didn't have my baby. And I really had to dig in and kind of um, figure out how I would um, keep being a positive human in the world. Well, I want to give a moment to just, I'm uh, sorry for your loss as well. And um, I think maybe with people that are going through this right now and, you know, they're a mom, they're a father, they have, you know, they have another child mm -hmm. and what kind of, I don't want to say tips, but what kind of advice would you give yeah. to them to, you know, still stay strong for, for those kids, for the kids that you have? Absolutely. So the first thing I think is really important is that there's no right or wrong way to grieve. And I also think there's no right or wrong way to parent. And so I want to be really clear about that and say that like, I can share what made sense for our family, but if you want to do something different in your family, you know, everyone's going to have different, um, traditions, different instincts. And, you know, you really need to do what makes sense for your family. Um, Mac and I, that's my husband felt very strongly and feel very strongly that Moses is one of our children and that we are a family of five. Mm -hmm. And so I know that some parents struggle with how much to share with their children. And I think that the pathway that we found was to be honest to be open and to be age appropriate, mm -hmm. I would say are our goals. Um, so both of my girls know that they have an older brother. They know that he died. They know that he lives in heaven. They know that mommy and daddy love him very much and they love him very much and he loves them very much. Um, and we have always been really honest also because it, it, it's so impactful um, in how we walk through life. Mm -hmm. So they're not the kinds of kids who don't see their parents cry. 
we're very emotional, especially in the fall. Um, we live close to where Moses is buried and we go to visit him with the girls, not infrequently. Um, I would say that some of the things that we do, so we actually had a children's book that we read with Aviva, who's our oldest, um, and it's called Someone Came Before You. Because I think books always really help kids understand things. So we would read that to her when she was a baby around his birthday to kind of help explain why mommy and daddy were so upset. And again, we try and find a happy medium between telling her enough that she never feels scared or confused. And she always feels like a part of the family and same for our two-year-old Rhea, um, but never burdening her. That's kind of the happy medium that we find. It is not her job to make us joyful again. You know, it is not her job to, um, you know, love up our pain or, mm-hmm. or replace her brother or anything like that. Like our girls get to be their own people, um, but they also get to be members of our family. And so we try and teach them lessons around how everybody's family looks different and how love makes a family. And, you know, that really falls in line with our worldview when we explain to them why everybody's family looks different. You know, some families have one child, some families have 10 children, some families have a child in heaven. Some people have, you know, just a mom or just a dad or two mommies or two dads. And so we can really have that discussion of love makes a family um, in a context of, you know, people might not understand our family from the outside looking in, but we know that it's a family full of love. No, I thought, I think that's everything that you said was so powerful. And I kind of want to get into, you know, the family and the friends of that, you know, that person that lost somebody. Cause I think that was part of what you were speaking about that kind of took me because I, that's what kind of happened with, you know, my family my parents had, you know, Um, a really, really tight relationship with my sisters, like two best friends and their parents. And they, when my sister passed away, it kind of faded away and that was it. So I think, I think that, that, that the, there's questions, you know, that they're, maybe they're afraid to ask, or I think you explained it so well that why don't you kind of talk about that too, with those, you know, with those, with the friends and the family that like, you know, are afraid to connect with that person again. Yeah. So I think that there might be kind of two categories of um, family and friends and people kind of surrounding you in your grief. I think one category of people really want to be there for you and don't know how. And I think one category of people might be carrying a discomfort with grief that has nothing to do with you. Mm. So I kind of want to address both groups. So for the people who say, I want to be there for my person, but I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't want to call them up and make them cry. I always say, be a show up person. First of all, I think that advice applies in every aspect of life ever, um, but no more so than in grief. Um, And the other thing that I would say is that, again, I actually think it's broken our societal notion that... um, going to the funeral and being a part of the meal train is enough. If this is someone you really love, those things are beautiful, but it's actually very jarring to be surrounded by love. And then everyone goes back to their life. Mm-hmm. So I've had friends say, what can I do for this person I care about? Who's, you know, especially now in COVID, you know, whose spouse died suddenly, who's this died suddenly, who this, you know, how do I help them? And I said, honestly, send them meals when the meal train is over send them a meal in three months or six months or nine months, offer to help pick up their kids from school in a year, send them a gift certificate to go to a spa and take some time away 
next year. Um, don't forget about the fact that people are coping with loss over time and they need that support over time. Um, the next thing that I think is really important is continuing to acknowledge their person. So one thing that you hear all the time is people say, well, I don't want to bring up the person that they lost because I don't want to make them feel sad. And I always say like, we never forget about the people we lost. And one you know, way that I think sometimes helps people understand that better is to say, think about the relationship that you have with the living equivalent of those people. So for example, you know, everyone who has living siblings thinks of them every day. No one's going to remind you of your sister. Of course, you're going to think of her every day. That's your sister, Mm -hmm. you know? And I say the same thing of my kids. You know what I mean? You're not going to call me up and remind me that I lost Moses. Just like I wake up in the morning and I think about Aviva and Rhea, I'm going to think about Moses every morning. And so actually, you know, people who are close enough to me to know that, you know, the sunrise reminds me of Moses mm. um, and tell me that they saw a beautiful sunrise. Um, another thing that I would say is, again, I think putting in the equivalent effort and show up that you would, again, for, for the living people. So like I always say something that's like, I had to learn how to process was how people who loved us would go over the top for my girls' birthdays, Barbie dream houses and like so many toys. I'm like, we need to donate some of these toys. I don't need all that. But they wouldn't call on Moses' birthday or they wouldn't send a card. Um, And so that's something pretty natural that I say is like, if you have the dates of the kind of equivalent relationships in your phone for that person, call them on those big days for that person or send a card. Um, so like if you send my daughter's birthday cards, send me a card on my son's birthday is a super, super, super thoughtful thing to do. Um, but there is also a group of people. So I think there's a group of people who wants to support forever and ever and doesn't know how. Um, and that's kind of who I was talking to that. And then there's a group of people who in all honesty, like they do want to come to the funeral and they do want to contribute to the meal train. And then they do want to like go back to their life and they don't want to walk with you in your grief. So for example, I can't know what was happening for um, the parents of the um, girls who were good friends with your sister, but I don't know if they had almost like a survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. Like if they just felt really bad bringing their daughters around your parents, um, you just, you don't know. And so one of the other things that you have to realize too, is that, um, you get to do two things. I think as the person who's grieving, the first is, I think, reminding yourself that it has nothing to do with you. If people can't show up for you in your grief, it's usually because of something it triggers in them or just a capacity that they don't have for that additional and additional and additional compassion. So the first thing you can do is say like, this has nothing to do with me. It doesn't mean they don't love me. And it doesn't mean they don't love my person. This has nothing to do with me. And the next thing you can do is draw boundaries if you need to. So I'll be really candid with you. Um, We have even family members who didn't want to acknowledge Moses. They were like, I don't understand this. Um, I'd love to show up for your girls, but like, we don't understand. Like, we just want to let him rest in peace. We don't want to talk about him. We don't want to acknowledge his birthday. Don't understand why you have a memorial fund for him that helps other people's children. Like, they just literally were like, we don't get it. Um, And so we drew a boundary there. And as I said, like we're a family of five and I would never let someone say that they don't acknowledge one of my girls. So they're allowed to not continue grieving my son. And we're allowed to say that's not acceptable in our family because we want all of our children to be recognized. I, th- I think that was so helpful. And I know that I'm, I'm, I hope that people, you know, that are dealing with like a similar situation are taking notes and just taking a moment to understand what you said, because it was everything that you said was so deep. And 
I think I wanted to pivot a little bit into like for a last thing, because you are so good at sharing on social media about your loss and about just being so open and vulnerable. And I think that, you know, a lot of people out there that are just so nervous maybe or uncomfortable to share, what kind of advice could you give? Because I, I would assume that you feel less alone now when you share these things, right? So kind of go yeah. through that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that there are two things to keep in mind. The first is I think, and this really extends to everything I do, whether it's things that I share personally or things that I do professionally, when you're focused on your impact, that heartens you and gives you so much strength. And so one thing that I can say for me is that every year when I post about Moses, new women reach out to me who've experienced pregnancy or infant loss. And, and oftentimes there are women who don't feel like they have other people to reach out to. So I have a fitness account. I had a woman two years ago who was doing the same fitness challenge as me, who reached out over Instagram and she'd had a stillborn about 30 years prior and, and never spoke about it because generationally she really didn't feel like she could acknowledge her daughter as one of her children. And so we had a whole exchange and that was so, um, significant to me that I could recognize and love her daughter. Um, and I have moments like that every year. I have chills right now mm-hmm. where people reach out to me and say, you make me feel like I can honor my baby. And I, that just heartens me because as a mom, we just want our child to be loved and to um, have the opportunity to make an impact on this world. And that's one of the hardest things about losing Moses is that like, I just, he was such an incredible baby. and you have all those hopes for your baby. They can grow up and they can change the world. And so for me, this is a way that he's changing the world through his story. Um, And so that impact is so important and profound and significant to me. Um, And that's what drives me personally. And then I would also say candidly, there is a professional context because I'm a communications professional. And I understand that all content has all incredible content has what we kind of refer to as like an attract repel factor, meaning that your best content is going to attract people to you who resonate with you and repel people who don't. And that's not just in a professional context, that's in a personal context too. And honestly, that happens when I post about Moses, people who are um, moved by um, me sharing my story, we end up getting closer when I share that content and people who are like, I do not want to see this on social media, they'll unfollow me, but that's okay because Moses and talking about him is such a fundamental part of who I am that I'm okay with that. So that's the other thing that I think I would say to people about sharing your story is that it's not all rainbows and, and butterflies and connection. You might get pushback. Um, you might lose followers. You might um, have family or, you know, I even think about when Chrissy Teigen shared those photos of her mm-hmm. son And there was a lot of really disgusting blowback, Mm -hmm. horrific people who didn't understand it. People who would understand if she did a million dollar, you know, first birthday shoot, but she wants to share the only pictures she has of her son and her mother, her journey with her son, and they're judging her for it. But again, like in whenever you share any content, if it's important to you, you have to say, that's okay. Those aren't my people. Um, So those are kind of the two sides of it, the impact and the really positives and saying, I'm okay with any negatives. Cause those aren't my people. 
I love every single thing you just said. Um, and so I, the last thing I kind of want to, I love asking this question to kind of close it out. Um, if you wrote, if you, if you're, if you wrote a book, what would the title of your book be? Oh my goodness. I have no idea. You <laughs> get the same answer. <laughs> um, I really, um, I really have no idea in this moment. And I think that that's because I am in such a, um, really a new chapter. Mm. I mean, everything with Clubhouse and as I said, I just signed on to Breakfast with the Champions about two months ago. Um, and it's just on such an incredible trajectory. But I think that, you know, one of the interesting things about life is whenever we kind of think we got it down and we know what we're doing, you get kicked into a totally fresh chapter. Um, and so that's where I am. I'm like in a completely fresh chapter. I think so many of us are post-pandemic. Um, so many of us are who joined Clubhouse and like the rise of voice tech and audio apps have just totally changed our world. Um, so many people are when you start a new business partnership. And so, you know, the funny thing is that like, I almost feel like there have been moments in my life where I might've said, I would call my book this Mm. because I feel really entrenched in I'm, I'm, I'm this person, but right now it's really at such an evolution that I don't have an answer. (laughs) And that's fine. You don't have to have an answer. No. And that's, that's life, right? We literally, it's, there's always some type of pivot and, and everything. So no, I, that, you don't have to have an answer. <laughs> um, but where can my listeners find you? And if you're doing like any type of like, you know, courses or anything, like let put it, put it in here right now. Cause I'm going to put it in the show notes. Okay. Amazing. So, I mean, I would say the best places to find me um, are obviously on clubhouse, Sarah McCord. I speak on Clubhouse not infrequently. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Sarah J. McCord, and that's Sarah without an H, S-A-R-A-J-M-C-C-O-R-D. Um, everything that I'm doing with Breakfast with Champions is on the website breakfastwithchampions.live, including the um, classes that we'll be having um, that are going to launch on Black Friday, which we're super excited about. And then my personal website is sarahmccord.com, and I have Moses' whole story on there. So that's Sarah, S-A-R-A, McCord, M-C-C-O-R-D.com. Um, and I think that's plenty of places to check. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, Sarah, I truly appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me. And and I feel like more connect, even more connected with you now. So I'm so, I'm so excited for this, for this new friendship. I really, really, truly appreciate you. Me too. I'm so grateful I had the opportunity to talk to you today. So if you guys loved this episode, please tag the two of us and we'll share it on our social media. Send you guys some love, but thank you again. Bye.